0: Welcome to the Daily Pursuit Podcast. What's up you guys? Hope you're having a great day. Super excited about this episode as I'm back again with Coach Danny from our facility, Pork Equipment CrossFit Function Health Club, and we are diving into coaching and the discussion around ego mindset versus the it depends mindset. And sort of its correlation into the coaching realm, but also just into life and how you approach things in your life or in your training and looking at why something might happen and what drives you to certain beliefs or to have certain beliefs or thought processes around what is going on. So again, super pumped about this episode. It's a long one, so buckle up. Uh, Lots of uh, great little insights and talking points that come up in this episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know your thoughts. Level up.
1: What did you specifically?
0: Yeah, I think that it will just be. I think it'd be good just to have a just open discussion around um, you know different opinions and ideologies in the industry. That like for you at the stage that you're at in it mm-hmm. and coming into it, mm-hmm. um, uh, you're having a lot of um, insight from those that have been in the industry for a while. Yeah. Uh, so it's an interesting perspective for you to be coming into it now where there's a greater push and a greater evidence around certain thought processes. And, yes. And newer I thought agree. processes. Yep, yep. Compared to like the old school thought processes that more or less are continuing to be debunked in, in certain ways, mm. or that there's a deeper thinking involved now into things that it's not so superficial anymore. Um, so that's one layer of it. Yeah. Um, and then the other layer is is more so on like the the psychology mindset of it all, like like um, Angela was saying in regards to the value sets that people have. Yeah. So coaches in the industry, why are we so stuck on, why are so many so stuck on the ways in which they perceive things, yep. that their way is the best way yep. as opposed to are like the way that they go about things is what they believe to be the right way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But the best coaches are the ones that are open to other perspective and ideas. Right. Right. right? So what makes people so stuck in their ways yep. and and defensive of their ways yeah. So that's where the value set things because people are attacking their value set and they're holding weight on that as opposed to looking at a per- other perspective, Yeah. which kind of feeds the ego driven mindset versus the it depends mindset. It depends mindset. Okay. Right. So that, that makes kind of sense.
1: Thing. So we'll hit record there. Perfect. All right. Hello, hello. Okay, do it one more time.
0: Hello, hello. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. We're back. We're back. After a massive hiatus. After a
1: massive hiatus. Actually, I haven't even posted the first one. I've just been using clips of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Technically, this is part three. This is part three. Not really. Yeah. (laughs) It's part
0: 3.47. Yeah.
1: Um, But... Last podcast or the last mm-hmm. two podcasts we were kind of just diving into more so about your background mm-hmm. we were, The podcast was basically about you and how you basically came about. Yeah today. We wanted to do something that's a little bit more um, Topic specific. Yeah, and we how do we come about this? Why don't you tell the story?
0: Uh, well, I guess it was just simply a, a conversation that we had around um, perspectives and ideologies in, yeah. the, in, in the fitness industry um, and really correlated to a podcast that I'd listened to where these two guys used to be friends, used to be not coworkers but cohorts in the industry, um, and now are basically enemies in a certain way, um, because one has a steadfast belief that um, uh, for their scenario, uh, specifically in regards to obesity, what the causes of obesity is, yeah. what the main driver of it is, and the other believes something essentially the opposite or that it's more nuanced than what the other party is thinking. Mm. And so they are now at sort of wit's end with each other Mm. because of it. Mm. Um, And it's kind of spurred the conversation around the opinions and differing opinions within the fitness industry and how oftentimes many coaches and many individuals that are in this industry get really stuck in their ways. Right? Um, And we often have this perception that, or we can easily get the perception that one way is the gold standard way yeah. of something, yeah. right? And so I think it's a really interesting perspective to have because from your perspective, you're coming into this industry, um, you're still a few years into it, right? You're completing your, your degree at school still, so you're still sort of ingrained in that education model, yeah. um, which gives you a, a different layer of perspective coming into it right Um, whereas i've been out of that model for for many years now and in in the industry as a coach for over a decade Mm -hmm. Um, and so i've gone from both ends or i've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other totally right where uh, i started off and had these these mentors and these um, educators where it was very steadfast one way Mm -hmm. Um, and focus like, nope, this is the thing, mm-hmm. and you follow this parameter, mm-hmm. and if, it's, if you're outside of that, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing. Right. Which is always an interesting thing to me.
1: I think maybe, it's interesting how you mentioned that the education um, system or the way of looking at things, the traditional education yeah. system, um, you're, you're fed this very uh, structured, boxed-in type of idea, mm-hmm. or even... Um, uh, a discipline like I'm studying, like kinesiology, we, we both know mm-hmm. how that education system is designed and what kind of biases it holds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting how that education system doesn't actually teach you to think analytically mm-hmm. or to look at things from a real life perspective and try to actually reverse engineer things to yeah. see if it does make sense. Mm-hmm. But
0: like from the model that it has to teach, yes, it has to be very much linear and structured in that way. But I think the disservice that happens with that is often coaches or kinesiologists or whoever is coming into the industry, yeah. um, it's easy to then get caught in that trap of narrow-minded, narrow-focused that because this said that, that that's the only way. Right. As opposed to this said that, so let's see if that is the way that generally is is what works or what changes we get or adaptations we get. Right. Um, and I think like a, 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 I think it's just interesting to to consider why individuals get so stuck in those concepts. Right. 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 Um, and so stuck in the thought process of why that thing they believe doesn't work and this thing does. Mm. Um, In the education model, you're usually taught in a specific stream, right? You you look at one layer of a piece and then you look at another layer of a piece and you look at another layer of the human body and there's never truly a correlation between all of them and going like, if this is the scenario as a whole, Mm -hmm. then that's gonna affect this thing like this, this thing like this, this thing like this. It's more so like in this parameter, yeah. this is what happens.
1: But I think that's basically real life. If you translate all the knowledge and all the systems that we talk mm-hmm. about and study, you can't isolate those in real life situations, no. right? And you can never isolate those. So like a huge, huge portion of it is to be able to actually integrate all those systems that you okay. learn and be able to translate into that into real life yeah. and understand it and understand the applications and understand how to adjust things. I guess, I mean, this could be a different way to look at it. The way that I started looking at school is mm-hmm. just that I'm trying to get as many tools as I can mm-hmm. to have in my tool bag, mm-hmm. so that I can use it when I see fit. Right. But it's the part where using it when I see fit is the challenging part, mm-hmm. and that's something that I personally have not been able to... Uh, learn right. at school through right. the traditional education system. I right. have to look elsewhere for that, like yeah. from you or from other mentors that I have or, you know, that's the piece that I find that is missing, right. which is unfortunate.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but I also think it just depends on how you look at it. Like you said, they have to teach it in a very linear way if they yeah. want the, the structure of the curriculum yeah. to be followed. Yeah. Um, but I think they have to make it a point that it's a tool mm-hmm. and not the whole piece.
0: And this is the thing, like when you have when you're taught something, and coaches are, whether it's through school, whether it's through continuing ed, whether it's through higher level courses that they take, I'm all for a certain viewpoint and understanding it. Yeah. And this is where I think that a lot of coaches go awry, uh, is that they take and they, they learn something, they learn mm. one thing, mm. a certain protocol, a certain type of assessment protocol, whatever it is. Mm. And they get so focused in on that thing or they learn or they they believe a certain concept yeah. for how the human body functions yeah. um, and they get so steadfast on that's the only way because that's that's what they've been taught mm-hmm. that they lose sight of the other parameters that play a role in everything yeah right um, they they become so kind of ignorant to everything else because they're like, well, this way works and it's a system and it's a a tool Mm -hmm. that I can use and replicate. Mm -hmm. Cool. But it doesn't work for everything. I'm all like, I I love learning and understanding different resources and different systems and different perspectives, simply from the point that if I can understand it, then there's going to be a place to apply it. Mm -hmm. If you take a tool like you have a bunch of tools in your tool bag and your toolkit and you don't actually experiment with them mm. they're pointless yeah right you can take all the things you want and right. have all the all the education you want and all the courses you want and all the letters after your name and if yep. you don't actually apply it yep. to get an understanding of it right then you're not gonna you're really just kind of going in circles with yourself yeah right like there's stuff that I took courses on in the past where at the time, It was the thing. Yeah. And I was taught that this is the way you do it because of X, Y, and Z. And it tells us this. Mm. Cool. Many years later, I'm now like, "Mm, okay, there's a better way or it's not that simple. Yeah. Right?
1: It's never X, Y, Z, right? No. It's never X, Y, Z. No, exactly. Right?
0: Like, is there a percentage model that's like, does this system work or does this tool work for X percentage of a population? Yeah. Sure but if you truly want to be able to help individuals whether they're on an athletic spectrum, whether they're on the weight loss, whether they're on you know, um, older population whatever it is Mm -hmm. you need to understand the tool that you you have in your toolkit the tools that you have in your toolkit understand how to apply them and understand how they don't apply to every scenario right? Yeah. Um, I was brought up education-wise or post-education on FMS model. Mm. It worked. There was a place for it in, in a general sense, um, but it doesn't apply to everything, mm. right? Similar to other other modalities that I've, I've since learned and other tool kit, uh, tools that I have in my toolkit where there's a specific time and place to apply it. Yeah, And I think that coaches are doing a disservice to the industry when they... project or uh, if they're a leader in the industry in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. um, or a leader to people in Mm -hmm. some way shape or form they are doing a disservice to the industry by saying that it's just this way. I think that there's some stuff that's occurred and there's some belief systems that have happened in the health and fitness industry that uh, yes there needs to be some hard focus like uh, discussion around right to say that no we need more of this particular way yeah. for a period of time that right. people need more of x y and z mm. but it doesn't mean that that is a forever thing it doesn't mean that that is the only thing yeah it just means that for a period of time people were looking at it from the wrong lens mm. or they were too stuck in one particular way and so the people that they couldn't help mm it all of a sudden, it was like, oh, well, it's their problem.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? Which comes to a, a sort of secondary thing of this, of the the human the human concept, the human mindset. Yeah. Um, and how people will get, feel attacked when you come after their value set. Totally. Right? And yeah. as coaches, it's easy for us to fall into a very specific value set because mm-hmm. how we're educated, mm-hmm. because it's not done with a, like, here's... A multi-layer approach mm. or here's a multifactorial approach mm. it's usually this way, this way or this way mm. depending on kind of the type of coach you are, or the type of education you get yeah. right, that we tend to get very steadfast in certain values that we believe yeah. or the value sets we have based on the tools that we have Yeah. and when someone pokes that yeah. and challenges that
2: totally.
0: if we are of a certain mindset yeah. we are going to feel attacked by that Right. And so this is where I, I reference it to the ego mindset versus the it depends mindset. Mm. Um, ego mindset is when someone challenges your value set, the thing that you believe to be true mm. from a health and fitness perspective, um, be it about the, like what causes X or uh, the best tool for assessment purposes, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, someone challenges your way of looking at it and you attack. Right? You become defensive of it. Right, right. Right? And it's... Because in your mind, you're like, no, this is the way that it works. Yeah. This is how I was taught. This is how it works. And if it doesn't work, yeah. then it's not my fault. Well, yeah, exactly. Right? It goes against your... It's yeah. their fault. Totally. They need to fix their shit. Yeah. Right? And it's kind of a... It's a it's a weird mentality. It's, it's weird, but I think it's I very human. I understand it. It's, it's very, very human. It's very human. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Compared to the It Depends mindset <clears throat> where you truly, like... If you want to help people, yeah, the best way to help them is that it depends on the scenario. Totally, right? It depends on what's going on in their life. Yeah, right. And I mean, we can take this conversation in multiple different ways right now. Um, like I had a um, well, we had a conversation. I also had this with someone else the other day um, around calories in, calories out, mm-hmm. and the concept around how there's certain individuals, uh, certain practitioners or certain coaches that are steadfast on that being the way Mm -hmm. that it's purely calories in calories out. Mm -hmm. They may acknowledge that. Yeah, there's other factors at play, but it's like calories in calories out. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that that doesn't have a place, Mm -hmm. but is that the only, if that's your only tool and that's your only perspective with it, Mm -hmm you're gonna help some people, yeah. but I guess I guess part of this comes down to, to like, what are you trying to do? Like what is the goal that you're trying to do as a coach? Yeah. My belief is that I have the people then and the demographic of people that I'm trying to work with and that I would prefer to work with um, and focus on, but I'm open to the concept of, it depends on the whole demographic and it doesn't matter who comes in the door, there's no one set fast way for everyone,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, so it just—it just fascinates me this the the psychology around why people get so stuck in their ways, right? On the the values that they have.
1: I think this is a good point to, or a good place to kind of bring up. Actually, a crossroads that I sometimes have, and I still mm-hmm. sometimes struggle to have, is um, when you're belief of something Mm -hmm. like we talked about you do you have a very clear idea or a picture of how something should be or you have a very clear concept of something and if someone challenges it obviously you feel threatened and you feel defensive that egocentric mindset just because your own values are being questioned and you don't want to be wrong Mm -hmm. right and that's a very human kind of reflex also looking at And I'm not sure if this comes from the same egocentric mindset, but the people that also, I guess, exhibit similar behaviors or tendencies, perhaps do it for the reason of, they truly want to seek the truth. And this comes Mm -hmm. down to, the quote-unquote, like, the evidence-based community. Right. Right? And I think, you know, you you hear people talk about the evidence-based community and the evidence-based mindset mm-hmm. versus the the experiential mm-hmm. or the, the experienced mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is something... I find that... Wh- yeah. What do you think about that concept of...
0: The people that come and go show me the evidence... Yeah. They're lazy. Mm. Because they just... If someone comes and goes, well, show me the evidence on that. Right. Show me the proof on that. Right. I'm sorry, but you're lazy because you, do, you want me to tell you what, the, what it is as opposed to you just doing some, some research and looking into it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the, you can find evidence for anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, true. if you want to prove a point, yeah. you can find a way to prove it. Yeah. Right? The podcast that we talked about at the start between the two guys, they have completely different opinions. Mm-hmm they reference the same freaking studies mm-hmm. each of them mm-hmm. to prove each of their perspectives
1: which are basically to their from their concept are total polar opposites yeah. but coming from the same study
0: coming from the same study yeah, yeah totally because it's, it's it comes down to how you communicate it yeah. how they're interpreting it and how you communicate it yeah right so there's a place for evidence there's yeah. a place for research like there needs to be that mm-hmm. right otherwise like we wouldn't get to where we are mm-hmm. but at the same time that evidence and that research started from a place of experimentation because something happened mm-hmm. or a thought happened mm-hmm. that someone went i wonder what would happen if this occurred right or if we did this right so that in itself stems from a place of experimentation mm-hmm. and then they went okay let's create a study around this yeah and let's see if we can replicate it yeah. so everything starts from this place of experimentation and a place of Oh, does this work? Yeah. And then they do a study and they see, okay, it does work, yeah. right? Is there biases with studies? Absolutely, <laughs> totally. like, yeah. who came up with the thought process of, oh, we wanna see if this is a thing because if it is a thing, it's gonna support our business. Yeah. So let's do a study to prove that it supports our business. Like, so there's a place for the research. Yeah. There's a place for the evidence. But if you, as a coach or as someone in the industry, if you're only come back with something is well show me the research mm. show me that evidence that that's the way it is mm-hmm. you're being lazy mm-hmm. like go out and experiment mm-hmm. if you find it to be different cool mm-hmm. if you have different results and you have a, or you have whatever like you come up with a, a different concept or or you you come up to a different realization awesome mm-hmm. because at the end of the day that's just going to keep moving the needle forward for what we can do for people mm-hmm. and, and the human experience um, But if you're just so stuck in in this thing of, like, it needs to be researched, it needs to show me evidence, you're not going to propel yourself. You're not going to grow and move forward because you're you're stuck in this hamster wheel of just, like, well, show me the evidence. And then you're like, okay, there's the evidence. Okay, cool, right? But what about this, right? Okay, cool. Like, let's have a conversation around it. And that's, like, I mean, for me... A, a huge lacking piece in the, in the coaching industry, not just between coach and client, mm. but just between coaches together
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the, like health and fitness professionals as a whole is how we communicate with each other. Right. There's such this, and it's not across the board by any means. There's a lot of good camaraderie and, and good conversation that occurs um, and debates and, and, discussions around things. Um, and I think that those come from people that they have their value set but it's not it's not so ingrained stuck in stone in them mm. that they take offense to someone challenging it yeah because we all have our place where like the, the place where we stand on yeah and view things from yeah we all have that
1: I think well this idea of the how you look at things and mm. the, the difference between the egocentric mindset versus the it depends mindset I think that can be translated to basically outside of our industry Everything. right yeah, yeah but do you think it's particularly let's say um like uh, it's you could particularly see that more in our industry
0: well i mean it depends (laughs) (laughs) um i think i think it's just more visible in our industry yeah because within the health and fitness industry there's so many specific like tools and ways that people go about what they do yeah that are like visible things like you use this type of principle you follow right. this protocol right. you do this type of nutrition consult like it's so tangibly visible for people to see mm-hmm. right like like crossfit when people hear crossfit they think x so when you say that you do crossfit mm-hmm. they think x mm-hmm. as opposed to it being variable yeah amongst who coaches it yeah and we know that being in the <laughs> industry <laughs> totally, right totally like yeah you go to 10 different CrossFit gyms, you're probably going to see 10 different styles of classes mm. or 10 different styles of gym, how it's run, yep. how the facilities run. Um, so I think in the health and fitness industry, it's just, it's more visible and tangible, these different ways that people have their value sets and how they, how they go about it mm-hmm. and how it's communicated, mm. right? Um, one, like, this is a, a little bit tangent with it, but... What's also interesting to me is seeing the concepts that were more or less a thing 5, 10, 20 years ago, um, still kind of being around, even though it's been shown that it's not that, it's a, that it can't work that way, yeah. but that there is a better way to do it, right? right? Um, and again this comes to a value set like I have a specific value set and belief system around certain things in the, yep. Like as far as what works yeah. and yes it, it depends Yeah. Right. Um, but just this there's sort of sometimes I find that there's this stuck this place where, where coaches get stuck in this loop of this one framework that we talk about yep. um, and just in the health and fitness industry it's just more visible right. it's more tangible right. uh, these certain value sets that people have and these coaches have Um, and how it's communicated and the individuals like I say that have a a value set in place, they've trained from a certain perspective, they work with people from a certain perspective, but they're not so dead set on there being another way or that there being something else that can help them that they're open to other concepts and ideas to better help the person Mm. that they're working with Mm. or the people that they're working with. Right. Um, those people are, are truly kind of the leaders in the industry, right. right? They might not have as much notoriety mm-hmm. as someone that is so steadfast in one thing yeah. because they just pump that so hard.
1: Yeah. That it gets,
0: Society kind of grabs onto that.
1: Onto it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right? Society has a tendency to be like, Atkins diet, pumped hard, mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Does it actually work?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, look at the creator of it. Did it actually work? I don't know. <laughs> you, I'll let you have your own opinion on that. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's these missing links with industry that a coaches need to get the fuck over their own ego mm. and have their belief system. Yes. Yeah. Come from the place where they've been educated and whatnot, and like that's where we come from. That's where we grow from. Yeah. But don't be so stuck in your single track mind on it totally that because, because again it comes back to like what is the what is your intention what is your intention of being a coach or being a whatever health and fitness professional in the industry yeah are you in it to prove to everyone that you know your shit because mm. if you are you're in the wrong fucking industry yeah totally like if you're in it to sh- say that you're the shit yeah. and that your system is the only system that works and everyone else is an idiot and da-da-da, yeah. cool. And right. I think
1: I think that mindset also comes from a lot of insecurity as well. In yeah. terms of within our industry, we're working with humans. Yeah. We're working with human bodies and yeah. that's something that's so fucking complex, yeah. right? And yeah. it's, it's maybe this idea or, or um, this urge to want to learn more and understand it more because as humans, we want to understand things. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, you want to be able to have something concrete in place so Mm -hmm. that you're confident at what you're about. You're Mm -hmm. confident about what you're providing as a service. And if you don't know that, then you feel unsure, right? But naturally you're not going to have that concrete system in place. That's going to look exactly the same because well, Number one, the human body, like we talked about, is so complex that yeah. it's always you're always going to find something new, right? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe an example of this, and I could totally be wrong, but maybe like in a profession like an engineer, mm-hmm. obviously when, when it comes to the details, I'm sure that there's different ways that people do things, but mm-hmm. I'd imagine that there's a lot more just kind of strict regulations and numbers that you have to meet yeah. that's more concrete, yeah. right? But
0: far more in like linear um, guidelines.
1: Exactly Yeah. but within our industry it's not. Yeah. There's if not like barely any Yeah. I mean you can look at there's clear things that you can measure and mm-hmm. you can measure progress Yeah. but also it differs on like how do you measure progress right? Yeah. It's not just numbers yeah. so
0: yeah I mean like if, we're, if we think of it so on a physiological level we know a bunch of things about the human body, yep. we know a bunch of things about how it functions and like, you know, do this to help that, mm-hmm. right? We know that that there's that structure and system to the human body. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how things connect in the human body, right? Like we've talked about it before where, you know, we know how sensory inputs affect the human body mm-hmm. or how they can affect the human body, mm-hmm. that's sort of what I should say. Um, so there is sort of those general constructs amongst you know how people work and train and, and whatnot in the industry. But again, to try to take that idea that there are these parameters mm. and then apply it and take that human mm. that has those general parameters of how the human body functions yeah. and apply it to a singular modality or a singular tool, mm-hmm doesn't work mm. and to your point like there's this need for having structure with something yeah. um, you know if you run a business in this industry and and like you're you're a leader in, in a facility or whatnot yeah you need to have some structure around how you do certain protocols and whatnot to give mm-hmm. you some basis yeah to give you a general guideline yeah But that's just what it is. It's a general guideline. Right. Right? Like, at our facility, we have a general intake uh, screening for movement. Yep. But that's literally, it's a general intake screening. Yeah. It's to give us an idea around where could there be limitations for this person? Right. Where might we see some areas of limitation in their movement?
2: Yep.
0: It's not stating that because of this you're going to suck at this mm. or because of this, you can't do that. It's just simply this tells us that you have some limitation potentially here or here or here or whatnot. The reason underlying reasons for why there's that limitation there could be a multitude of things, yeah. right? Like you look at, you have someone do a, a um, overhead squat as part of your test, Yeah. right? Uh, like a dowel overhead yeah. squat, not a, not a loaded overhead squat. And you look at it and you see biomechanical issues, right? Person's torso folds forward, whatever, like they come up on their toe, like whatever the fucking thing is. Yeah. That tells you something, mm-hmm. but what does it tell you specifically? It doesn't tell you that they're just a totally dysfunctional human being. Mm-hmm. There's a multitude of things that could be causing that reason. Right. Right? So what is it? Yeah. Right? You know, you do a dorsiflexion test for someone. Okay, what does it tell you? They have, and they have limited dorsiflexion, let's say. Okay, so potentially, their squat might be affected by that. Yeah. But what is the underlying reason for that? Yeah. You can get stuck in a certain viewpoint. Yeah. And be like, well, you did this, and so that means you are this, and that means you are this. Yeah. And it's not to say that that won't apply to a certain percentage population Mm -hmm. that you work with. Mm -hmm. But this is something that I always come back to is I followed certain protocols and certain things very strictly for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it gave us an insight into that individual and, and like some tools to, to work off of yep. um, to help them. But then there was always these underlying things that would pop up. Yep. Some people would make some change, but then, it was all, then there was always this sort of like hamster wheel effect of well, they're just continually having to do the same thing and it's mm-hmm. not actually sustaining. Mm-hmm. So am I just bashing my head against the wall trying to get them to do this? Yeah. And then other people, nothing would happen, right? Right. You saw a limitation based on this screening protocol that you use yep. or this test that you use. And then based on that, you had to do X to fix it yep. based around that protocol, yep. but then it didn't do anything. So then what's the reason for that? Yeah. And so for like, for me, that spurred, okay, I need to figure out what am I missing? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the thing that I'm, I'm not getting? Right. Uh, what don't I know mm-hmm. that could help this person? Right. Or who do I need to seek out to help this person or whatnot? Um, what do I need to try? And it could go completely against what the model says. Yeah. Or what the tool says that you have in place or whatever. Um, but it's an it's a important thing that I learned fairly early on was being so stuck in in a certain value set or a certain belief system of how something should work yeah. didn't serve me, right? It, it served my ego in a way because it was like when something did happen, it was like, cool, right? Look at me, I'm amazing, I yeah. made that happen. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Truly, what what's kind of more so serves and, and sort of feeds feeds me is this concept of figuring it out and experimenting. Yeah. Having a toolkit to pull from and understand from, and having that base understanding of the human body and whatnot. Yeah. But not being afraid to communicate those times where I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Let's try this and see if it works. Yeah. And if it does. Okay, like, like I've said before, the body is under no obligation to make sense to you. Yeah. And so as a coach, you have to be open to that concept that that thing that you thought was the, the thing to follow
2: mm-hmm.
0: might not actually work mm-hmm. for everybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Might work for certain people, but if it doesn't work, it's not that person's fault.
2: Yeah.
0: It's that you need to understand how to work through that. Mm-hmm. You need to understand how to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. And if you are, so stuck in your perspective on it sorry like i don't know, like personally i'm like someone that's so stuck in their way on that it's like okay yeah right it, that's your thing that's your value set what i believe is challenging you on that okay and and just move on and just move right on. like it's 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 just that it's prevalent in the industry enough where I think that we could be helping far more people as a whole in much better ways, much more efficient ways um, than what's going on. And then what's being preached a lot of times.
1: And well, going off of that, do you find it difficult to, let's say, from what you do, how you coach and how you basically think about the it depends mindset, mm-hmm. having that it depends mindset and having a bunch of tools to pull from your tool bag and addressing it depending on the situation, do you find it difficult to try to separate yourself from that kind of specialization or even how people view you mm-hmm. as, because from what it sounds like, it would be the best if you had the most amount of tools that you could possibly have. and. Mm-hmm. try to apply it in appropriate situations but i think from i think it's difficult f- to maybe par- perhaps even market yourself or to get people to look at you in a way where i think from a client's perspective it's hard to look at a practitioner and be like he just has a good understanding of everything Mm -hmm. or he just does things from a very wide variety of perspectives
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's easier for clients to look at it from a perspective of this guy's a neuro guy this guy's a joint guy this guy's a chiropractor this guy's whatever right
0: yeah and i i mean that's where i think we're partly to blame for that as coaches yeah right because we've and the industry has created systems and structures as guidelines yep but that's been taken to a certain extent that how society views it is that's the like you go to see physio for an injury Mm. and yes okay i'm not saying that you don't but like is that the only route to take not necessarily yeah right is is cairo the only route to take for this or rmt the only route to take for like is kin the only route to take for this like it's not so black and white in that regards. Yep. Um, I think there's a misconception around like the toolbox idea too. And this is just something that as we're talking here is just kind of keeps playing back in my head um, where it's less about trying to fill a, a box of tools yep. and more about trying to gain a greater understanding. So for me, it's not about having as many different protocols or tools to, to put in place, mm-hmm. but have a greater understanding of other options, other concepts, other ideas that I can then look at and play with. Because if you... It's not about going into and like, I'm going to take this to have this type of tool to utilize. Right. It's I'm going to go with this to learn that perspective mm-hmm. because... It could teach me something completely like different than what they're trying to talk about, right. but it might connect me with this thing. It might connect to something else that I, mm. I have already done or that I've learned or educated on or whatnot. Right. Right. So for me, yes, there need, like from a marketing standpoint, from an individual coach standpoint, you need to have some clarity around what it is that you do, Yeah, right? That's business in the sense that like, if you're not clear on what it is that you provide, mm then, yeah, it's going to be fucking muddied water and people are going to be like, I don't know what the fuck you do. Yeah. Right? Um, And so everyone's going to have the certain starting point Mm -hmm. that they always start from. Yeah. And that's great. Have a starting point that you start from as a coach. But don't be such a stubborn fuck (laughs) (laughs) to where if, as you take steps forward with that client or with that group or whatever, the people that you're working with, Yeah. As you take those steps forward, be open to the idea that like, the direction that it goes is not dictated by your belief system. Yeah. It's dictated by the person in front of you and how they're responding to something. Right. right? So I, how I promote myself <laughs> is a performance coach. Mm. I come from a brain-based neurobiomechanical approach. Mm-hmm. So I look at and start from the perspective of how does your how does your system run yeah right how do you see how do you uh, hear how do you smell how do you feel all of that yep. how do you move i look at that and that's where i start from mm. but depending on the person what they adapt best to and what works best for them it could look like a purely biomechanical approach mm. it could look like a really fucking weird neuro approach yep. where I'm doing random shit that yep. people are like what the hell is this yep. um, it could look like super general like like I'm not even doing anything with the person yep. right because it depends on where they're at and the state that they're in mm. and that state changes on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. and that's the piece too where If you're super stuck on like certain testing protocols or certain certain assessment protocols or whatnot that's fine but take into account the factors that play a role
2: Mm.
0: take into account that that person woke up that morning in a pissed-off mood because of something that happened to them the night before and that's then they didn't eat breakfast in the morning then they came in they're super stressed out about a meeting they have this afternoon and now you're testing them and they test like shit yeah is that because they just suck at moving or is it because there's other factors at play? Mm. So twofold with that, like have the toolkit thing is more so, I think more about education. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So learn, right? As coaches, we have responsibility to listen Mm -hmm. first and foremost. And that's a huge piece that I think a lot of coaches don't do. Mm. They don't listen. And it's like truly listen to the words that are coming out of the person's mouth, but also the energy behind them, mm. right? Because you can ask, and I know that you've experienced this too, you ask a client, how did that feel?
2: Yeah. Yeah. felt okay. Yeah.
0: Right? It felt heavy or it felt light, felt okay. But you need to listen to the, the energy behind that, mm. because you can ask them how it felt, and. It felt fine. Mm. But do you know that client right. enough to hear the nuances behind what they say? Yeah. Right. You'll be able to, if you do, you'll know the client that when they say it felt okay, uh, that it felt okay. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Right. You know, the client that says it felt okay. Um, but that's actually like, no, it felt kind of bad, but I'm not telling you. Yeah. Right. Or it felt okay. And it's like, you know, no, they can go up. Yeah. Whatever it is. So Listen but like truly fucking listen to your clients. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to learn as a coach. Mm. And so that's where the toolkit kind of concept comes in. I think some coaches go awry with that because they think they need to like, they're just constantly taking stuff, mm-hmm. but they're not applying it. Like right, we talked right. about before. Right. So take it, absorb it, apply it, mm-hmm. see what works for you with it.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. That's where like, I go back to the FMS model that I was taught. I took it, I applied it, mm-hmm. I learned from it, mm-hmm. I learned what I liked, what I didn't like, what I saw worked, what I saw didn't work, mm-hmm. I challenged it, yep. and then I moved forward from it and adapted it, mm-hmm. and it continually, like, different concepts and different tools that I've, I've learned over the years have been adapted now mm-hmm. into what I now utilize as the assessment protocol that I follow right. and that I put my clients through. Right. It's an adaptation of all these different things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. So learn so that you have a a vast knowledge base that you can just piece together. Right. For your clients. I guess
1: more of a limited way to look at that tool bag analogy is to think that the tools are all separate individual tools that mm-hmm. you only use for occasions or yeah. maybe you don't use for like if you're I guess the idea is more so adding to the toolbox, but making sure that it gets integrated with the other stuff that you do or even the main stuff that you do and having that understanding from the other tool and being able to possibly integrate that. Mm. Now I think to what you said, it's not about just going out and taking a bunch of shit just so that you can say that you have a bunch of shit, which I think happens a lot, right? Um, But from that perspective also, it's important to, I think, understand and have Mm. a have a decent understanding of what you're learning Mm -hmm. and then seeing if you can integrate that to whatever service that you're trying to provide rather than looking at it from a very disconnected piece where it's like, I have this, this is for this. I have this, this is for this. Because that's no different than just bashing away at one thing over and over again, Mm -hmm. right? You're not really adding to your system. You're just piling on a bunch of stuff that isn't really going to get You're just
0: regurgitating. You take it in, you regurgitate it out. And then it's just basically like, well, you didn't fall within those parameters, so like you need to fix your shit. Yeah. And then we're going to use this to tell It's like, no, what is the tester, right? right? Like, what is the thing that you're actually going to utilize? So, it's like, again, just you know, on that point, you can have a tester or an assessment protocol in place or things that you test and retest, and you need to do that. Yep. Right? As coaches, we constantly need to be testing and retesting, be it in the micro, session by session base, yep. be it in the macro base to see a general progression, knowing that there's a bunch of parameters that all play a role in that, right? Um, Where was I going with that? Fuck. (laughs) Um, But being open to the idea that what you use as the testing marker for someone doesn't necessarily need to be a tool that you learned even what you can use as a testing marker is something that applies to that person outside of the facility that applies to them outside of the training that they're doing Mm -hmm. right so you know i've had i have a client that says to me like we do testing in the facility but the real test for that individual is how well they feel rock climbing Mm. that's the test for them right even though we test things in the facility we, we do a reassessment cool things are improving Mm. check that box right we do retest cool this your strength is going up your grip strength whatever it is we do those things body composition is going down they're all fine and stoked on that Mm -hmm. but the actual thing that is leading that has nothing to do with the protocols that i've been doing it has everything to do with the thing that they want to be doing right um and that's a piece of, of coaching that coaches need to understand is it's it's all on. This is a third component. Like uh, so, listening, lead our listening, learning, um, leading is one that um, I'll, I can talk on too. But uh, is guiding is another one. Okay. So our role as a coach is to guide the people that we're working with. Mm-hmm. It's not to dictate to them everything and, and just they're a, a pawn in the whole thing and we're just moving them from play to play. Yeah. Right. Our role is to guide them effectively so that it becomes they become a a part of the process yeah as they're moving forward yeah they are like ingrained in it Mm -hmm. and that process is not just simply like do these ankle tilts yeah like you know i have people do specific things in that regards that are from my perspective my focus in regards to neurobiomechanics but that's not the the only underlying piece of it. Mm-hmm. It's not just go do this drill. Yeah. It's I want you to do this because it's gonna be like this is how it connects. Yeah. But I need you to feel it. I need you to understand that. Mm-hmm. And guiding them to to work through that process so that they're a part of it. They're part of that change that's occurring with themselves and checking in with themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you can have all the tools you want and you can throw those at every single client. Mm-hmm but if they're not actually feeling a part of the process mm-hmm. then they're just mindlessly doing it yeah. which doesn't play any role no. do you get change with that? sure the mm-hmm. per- percentage of the population will just get changed yeah. but is that actually effective? no if you want actual like I think there's there's a layer of laziness to to the industry in itself where, mm-hmm. where coaches get lazy in, in their execution of things yeah. that it's I have this tool, I just, boom, throw it at this person, and it tells me this thing, and and then we just do this, this, and this. Yeah. And does, like, is there, does it have some um, a percentage that it, it works for? Yeah. Yes, it, it does, but it also is just fucking lazy.
1: Yeah, like, what is that actually, quote, unquote, yeah. working? Yeah. Like, if you're just looking for a certain performance metric that you're measuring and that yeah. you're all laying out, sure, but what is the actual long-term goal mm-hmm. that the client is going after yeah. like and what are
0: you trying to how are you trying to guide them yeah how are you trying to lead them right how are you trying to mentor them how are you trying to educate them right how are you trying to care for them like all these factors as a coach that you need to have and you need to understand yeah. if you just are coming in just to make your money and leave and you don't give a shit
2: yeah
0: fuck you frankly, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, like yeah. sorry but don't be in this industry yeah right, because you are tainting the, tainting the, the water for us. For sure. Um, you need to actually check yourself as a coach to truly be helping the person. Mm-hmm. And look at it and look at that individual as that, as an individual that you are trying to help develop and guide so that they can like, I would rather someone work with me for a period of time mm-hmm. And then feel so fucking confident in themselves that they can go off and do their own thing. Yeah. And I never work with them again.
2: Yeah.
0: Because if I'm having to work with someone to fix their shit or to help them whatever for their entire life, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing my job.
2: No.
0: So I would rather that someone comes in and sees me and yeah, there might be long-term clients that you work with, be it on a performance end or on an individual end because it's part of their routine. It's part of their life and whatnot. But I would rather that... I'm able to instill in someone and guide someone to the point and perspective where if they leave, they are so fucking confident in their ability that they can go and function on their own and they have the tools that they need, they have all these pieces that they need to, they know work for them and then they're able to succeed in their life around that and they don't need me, right? Um, See ya. Bye. (laughs) Happy Halloween. uh
1: yeah i think that's that's the that's the (laughs) idea of really trying to create or having an independent or a dependent relationship with your with your coach and with your client is that and that's that's your job as a coach to understand what are you actually providing for this client Mm -hmm. are you making them more dependent on you Mm -hmm. or are you making them independent on you and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of coaches can actually do this subconsciously without yeah, yeah. actually knowing, right? Yeah. Just they're doing protocols. They're doing what they think is the best for the client. But mm-hmm. you also have to, I think, take into account, am I actually providing long-term value and empowering the client yeah. to make the facilitate the change for themselves? And I'm just a part of that process. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. not like they have so many other sh- like, yeah, training and, lifestyle changes that you do in the gym mm-hmm. or that involves i don't know nutrition sleep whatever that's a part of it yeah. but there's so many other things that go on in their lives yeah. that are that could be so much bigger yeah. right and
0: i think it's it's i mean it's a fair question to go what type of coach do you want to be yeah like what level and layer do you want to take it yeah right not everyone has to be wanting to to strive for like this higher end i yeah. think that everyone should have a desire to be better yeah. and a desire to strive for a high end yeah. uh, level output um as a coach you, you kind of made a good point there and a good statement around as a coach you are a part of the process just as the client is a part of the process mm-hmm. you're not the kingpin dictating mm. like it's it's that independent dependent relationship concept Um, that you as a coach need to also view it from I am a part of this process Mm. that you're in with this client,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. right? When you coach a class, if you're in a facility where you coach classes, it's a micro time frame, Mm. but you are part of the process for all those people in that class. So how you facilitate that class, how you lead it, how you guide it, how you empower people during it, how you speak during it, that is like you are just as much a part of the process yourself and need to be conscious of that yeah. as trying to help the individual feel like they are a part of the process and not just going through x y and z yeah um and i think that that's a, a huge component of it like again there's some coaches are getting getting into i don't think well put it I, I don't think any coach gets into this industry initially with the intention of just like just being a a coach down at this low level
2: Mm.
0: I don't truly feel like that's what really like no one's just going I'm just going to be a coach and like I want to be a personal trainer I want to be a strength coach or whatever it is and I don't think that ever comes from just a like I just want to get teach someone to do some bicep curls and and some some lunges like on a very rudimentarily like low level I see that a lot you see that a lot where that's just all they want to do
1: I see I see I've seen a lot of examples of people wanting to just PT somebody right check in check out okay coach a group class check in check out right um, is
0: that there is that what they're doing for a living though? no no okay no, that's what I mean no, so no. from the perspective that, that coach, someone yeah. that's doing it for a living yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't think it ever stems from like in the cross world and and whatnot and group class world let's put it out there not just cross related but group class world yeah there's a lot of people that are just like I coach class here or there yep. I coach a spin class yep. on weekends yep. I coach whatever yep because it's not their career mm. but even then you are stepping into the industry yeah. into the world of those of us that this is our career
2: yeah
0: and maybe that's a, a it's not going to change mm. like you're not going to change that in this industry mm-hmm. um but there's i'm calling out basically all the people that are doing that are that yeah you need to step up Mm. and check yourself and and how you lead how you listen how you educate how you empower all that stuff in that time because even those people why did they those coaches that do it just as purely a you know a side thing Mm -hmm. right or a weekend thing Mm -hmm. why did they choose to do that i I believe that there's a higher reasoning for it because they get in fulfillment out of it gotcha right they get something out of it otherwise they wouldn't do it no like they can say that, oh, it earns me a couple extra bucks. Yeah. Okay, but why that then? There's yeah. a million other ways you can earn a couple extra bucks. Yeah. So why that? So if, if you're choosing to do it mm-hmm. as a career or as a, a side little thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: don't do a disservice to the people you're working with yeah. by staying super superficial with shit. Yeah. Right? You don't need to go deep. Like, you don't need to go crazy crazy. Thought process, mindset, neuro, like whatever, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's layers to this. There's levels to this as coaches, but be respectful of the industry. Totally. That you're that you're stepping in every single time that you do that. Yeah. Right. And be a part of the process. Yeah. Just like you try to guide them to the clients that you're working with to be part of the yeah. process.
1: It's more fun. It's yeah. more fun if you honestly take your job seriously. Yeah. And, I mean. Like, for an example, sometimes when you know when let's say I was like sleep deprived or mm-hmm. I'm tired and I really just want to do other things, mm-hmm. or my mind's on something else and I have another project I want to work on, yeah. or I have this other special client that i 'm like well i 'm super excited yeah. more of a higher level stuff versus me coaching a class, yeah. sometimes it could get pretty repetitive, and yeah. it could seem like it's more so just like me going through the list mm-hmm. but I find personally for me something that's been really helpful is whenever I would have those feelings, just to remind myself to make what I do meaningful, Mm -hmm. no matter what it is that you do, Mm -hmm. it could be really like even lower level stuff than coaching a group class. It could be literally just like, I don't know, cleaning up the gym or um, just taking care of little things. I just find that, but going back to the group class, it's just if I imagine that my my job and what I do is really meaningful, mm-hmm. not just to me, but to other people as well.
2: Yeah.
1: That type of mindset really helps you propel towards just curiosity, yeah. paying attention to details, and yeah. doing things with care, right? Yeah,
2: and I totally. think
1: the, the curiosity piece is something that's really important too, yeah. is that, like be curious about how you can do things better. Yeah. Be curious about what else can I learn? Be curious mm. about your clients, be yeah. like, well, I've never had this conversation with my client before, mm-hmm. like, afterwards.
0: Yeah, and it's like, we. there's a lot of times where it's easy for coaches to get stuck in this position of feeling like they need to showcase that they know everything.
1: Totally, yeah. Right? I fall into that trap, too. Right?
0: Yeah. I've done it. Yeah. Um, and there's always those times where it's like, yeah, like, you, you feel that you know the answer to it. Mm-hmm. But society and individuals truly appreciate those moments where you're like, Hmm, fuck yeah interesting yeah i'm not really sure about this one so i'm gonna have to look it up mm-hmm. or i'm gonna have to ask someone mm-hmm. right and in those moments where i've said like hey i'm not really sure what's going on here i'm gonna have to ask one of my mentors about it that can help me with this they're like dope mm. sweet mm-hmm. because now they feel taking now they're like i'm getting you and i'm getting help from your mentor i'm getting mm-hmm. like all this stuff right and this industry is so egocentric driven totally yeah. because it's human body it's aesthetics it's performance it's it's so egocentric driven that it's it's just done such a disservice to to everything yeah that we need to step away from that and we need to have fun with it yeah we need to look at those moments and be like this is gonna be fucking fun yeah like i have clients where i take on where i'm like scared shitless because i'm like oh, fuck i don't like what they're presenting with, I'm like, Ooh, this is challenging. Totally. Right. Yeah. But it's going to be fun it's because cool. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And if I can't figure it out, I'm going to find out someone that can yeah. and point them in that direction. Yeah. But then I still want to know how do they fix it? Yeah. Like, what do they do? Yeah. Because then I'm going to be able to grow. totally. So it's selfish, yeah. but it's also effective yeah. because the client and the person you're working with, they are part of the process. They get guided well. Yep. right? You're listening to them. Yep. You're leading them, all of that. Um, and you're learning yep. from them. Yep. And let alone empowering them because they're a part of that process. They're taking back control of their life in mm. that way. And so yeah, I think that like in our industry we need to as coaches amongst each other as health and fitness professionals amongst each other we need to learn to communicate with each other in a way that's this is what you think and believe, awesome, right? Respect that, cool, high five for your point of of view, this is where I'm coming from. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Let's be open to the idea that we're both right in certain contexts. Right. Right, that both things can be right in a certain scenario. That this thing could work if these parameters were all in place. Yep. As, and the whole thing with this is that those parameters could be totally unrealistic. Yeah. But if those parameters are all in place, yeah. that thing could work. Right. If this, if I believe this thing worked, these parameters make it so that that works. Yeah. There's pull to one way or the other. Yeah. Based on what we know about human physiology, what we know about human psychology, what we know about these things. There's yeah. those general guidelines. Yeah. But nothing is ever just so straightforward. Yeah. That you can be like, this is the thing.
1: Yeah. Or this is, well, right. This brings me to the point of people well, Instagram yep. fitness Instagram yeah. is I think fifty percent about you know butts and shirtless dudes, yep. but also fifty percent about evidence based yeah. communities calling out bullshit. Yeah, and this is the question that I want to ask, and this is this is a crossroads that I also have as well. Is that Yes, there. if you have the it-depends mindset, mm-hmm. you can take almost anything and try to understand it from that perspective and mm-hmm. think of a situation where it could be applicable. Mm-hmm. But there, I think there are still things, if the person did it mm-hmm. for, let's say, just monetary gains or for an alternative um, uh, purpose mm-hmm. um, or a mo- alternative motive behind it, mm-hmm. then, yeah, because the person's doing it for an alternative motive, yeah. so you could absolutely say that that's wrong. Like yeah. right? that's that's a that's a bad intent, mm-hmm. and they know that they're sh- they're selling you bullshit. Yeah. But if someone thinks that this is the right thing mm-hmm. and they're just putting out, let's say, good information, mm-hmm. but the information itself is totally wrong,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how do you approach that if you have the it depends mindset?
0: Well, I think like you you kind of outlined it in your statement there, where the it depends mindset doesn't mean that there's no clarity in direction mm-hmm. um, it's that you're open to other thought processes you're open to other ideas yep. and open to trying to understand that perspective yep. right if we want to continue to grow as individuals this is outside of as a coach as a, anything like just as a human being yeah if we want to grow as an individual, we have to be open to the idea of understanding the other perspective, yeah. right? Yep. We we let other people's opinions and beliefs and thought processes often guide our our actions, our way of life, our feelings, our emotions, the shit that we do on a daily basis, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, it depends, I'm going to, I'm going to understand it from your perspective, mm-hmm. I'm going to take that into account, I'm going to try to think through it from that perspective Mm -hmm. i'm not going to hold judgment against you Mm -hmm. because i would hope that you don't hold judgment against me for the way that i think now my position might be that hmm, i don't quite agree with that structure or that thing or or the underlying why that you're claiming for that but that's fine I'm not discounting you yep. as an individual. Yep. I just don't agree with that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that like we can't have a conversation around it. Right? right? Um, yes, I guess there, there are things that... Current understanding of how things work mm-hmm. debunk other things that have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to continue to happen in the industry where current understandings of how the human body functions, current understanding of how certain diseases occur or how certain uh, conditions occur, Mm -hmm. um, why they happen. Previous thought processes have been debunked by current understanding and research. Yep. And that's where research comes into play. Yep. Because people went, hmm, questioning this, let's see if this is actually true.
2: Yeah.
0: So there are those points where it's kind of like yeah, no, it, it's it's this way, yep. right? But even still, it depends on the scenario, right? Right? I, like, the way that I talk about well, an example that I give is the hot topic of sugar. Right. There's the sugar is bad for you. Mm-hmm. Sugar causes obesity, mm-hmm. right? There's that side of the coin. Yeah. Then there's the, it's not just sugar that causes obesity. Yeah. Uh, it's these other factors. Right. Sugar plays a role. Yeah. But there's these other factors and sh- you need sugar in your life for x y and z. Mm. Both of them it depends on the scenario. Totally. For a certain individual, sugar could be bad for their system. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. Because they're not able to properly absorb that nutrient, mm. for example, at that time effectively. Mm. So it could be bad, for, quote unquote, bad for them at that time. Yep. So that in itself, that's where like the people that are "sugar is bad for you,"
2: yeah,
0: they grab a hold of that yep. and they're like, see, I told you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, like yeah. okay, but like for that into that type of scenario. Yeah. And then the other side of it is well, there's multiple factors at yep. play. Yeah. Yeah. For the for a scenario where they have this, but they also have this and this and this. Yep. Now. I may lean personally towards one side, yeah. but at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't discount the side that is that in a certain scenario, mm. I can accept the fact that that way mm. might be the reason for this to occur mm. in a certain scenario. Mm. I'm going to always have my, my bias towards the one side yeah. because I feel that that more coincides with what the higher percentage will be. Right. Could be wrong. Yeah. Could be completely fucking wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And ten years from now someone could come out and be like, hey, you guys were idiots and that wasn't exactly it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Right? Like that's the that's the thing is that I think like we get so fucking caught up on these things where like why are we so stuck in in this value set of of one way thinking as opposed to just like, cool, you fucked up.
2: Yeah.
0: What did we learn? Yeah. What did we figure out? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like, we're gonna figure something out. Yeah. You come up with a protocol. You think it works because of this research and because of this stuff. You experiment. You try it out. You yep. see what happens. And then down the road, you're like, yeah, fuck. That didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think, And yeah. can it, like... The the thing in this industry is that, yeah, it's, it's a sense, like, we're... These protocols and these pl- things are put in place with humans, mm-hmm. right? Diets and detoxes and all this shit that's, like, protocol, training protocols, all that. It's all... a put in place with the human human experience mm. and and the human individual to do it. Mm. So there's a higher emotional connection to it. Mm. Right? There's That's a higher a really good point. Yeah. there's a higher emotional connection to these things. Yeah.
1: Cuz it's so personal.
0: It's so personal. That makes sense. And so yeah. people fucking just get so attached to it. Yeah. That like we're not going to go on this tangent but like yeah. nutrition stuff. Yeah. Just real quick like the people that are full ketogenic believers mm-hmm. or full vegan believers or yep. full like, fuck guys, it depends <laughs> on the scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, if if your preference is one, cool. Yeah. Understand.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, if I'm going to sit here and try to understand your perspective mm-hmm. on why you want to train that way or eat that way or think this way, mm-hmm. I would hope that there's a reciprocal respect yeah. for understanding the perspective that I have on it yeah. and why I believe that that way might not be the best yeah. long-term
2: yeah.
0: or the best for this thing, mm-hmm. right? If we're looking at talking performance, why I believe this way was the best output for that performance. I could be fucking wrong. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Totally. Don't come at me and be like, where's the research? Show me the research. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Do something with like actual tangible stuff yeah. that you can say, hey, yeah. this is it. Not a mishmash, like, muddied water mm. concept around mm. it mm. where I think a lot of people come from is a lot of people throw a lot of information where it's like let's actually break this thing down totally. let's actually like look at the nitty-gritty details of it right you're throwing this thing and saying like well see this says this mm. go back to the the uh the podcast we talked about yeah same study yeah both of them differing opinions yeah they use the same study to defend their each position yeah so let's break it down and look at it yeah and then have a perspective on it. Yeah. We can disagree. Yeah. We can, not, we can leave that conversation with, I still think that my way is the best and you still think your way is the best. Yeah. Cool. I hope that you help people and I hope that I help people. Yeah. And if we both do that, we're moving the needle forward for population. Totally. Great. Yeah. But let's communicate it effectively and let's be open to the fact that we both could be fucking wrong. Yeah. We both could be right in some percentage. Yeah. Or one of us could be right and the other one could be wrong. Right. And if that's if any of those is the case, cool. Because we're now again further learning yeah. what we can do better. Yeah. Right. It's like, idea. it's it's such a simple concept, I feel, but yet it's such a missed thing. Yeah. That, uh, like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's good fucking, to see you so passionate about it. It's just fucking like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, there you have it, you guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I say, it was a long one, but I hope you powered through and got some tidbits of advice out of it, some new insights potentially into your life, into your training, uh, into those that you're working with, um, some new thought processes maybe to take with you uh, moving forward and help you continue to improve and grow. If you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out please go leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever listening platform you are on. I truly want to know what you guys think, how you feel the topics are going, if there's anything that you would like me to speak on or like me to bring someone on to speak about. I am happy to do so as I continue to develop this platform and what I'm able to bring to the table for you guys. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a fantastic day. Level up.